We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by WinBet. It's Friday, April 22nd, 2022. Alex Berutha here with Ken K-Train Kreitz. Oh, boy! We're back. Uh, we, we ended the Friday pod officially for the season, but we needed another podcast, and Nick is out of town. So the return of Ken Kreitz for the Friday pod. Ken, does this feel more like when Jordan returned the first time in War 45 or when Jordan <laughs> returned to the Wizards? I'm going to say, and I, you know, I have a Wizards Jordan jersey t-shirt and hat. Uh, this is more like Jordan's return to Washington. Um, I'm honored to uh, be a fill-in uh, to talk playoffs. Thank you so much, Alex, for having me. <laughs> Of course. Wasn't uh, wasn't Jordan like sort of a was he a part owner at that point? Jordan was not well, I think they were teasing with that. He he stepped okay. down from being the general manager. Ah. Uh, Here's okay. what's amazing. I think he's 38 or 37 that year. Played in all 82 games. There were no rest days for the former general manager in his late 30s. <laughs> he averaged an insane like 32 minutes a game. It was awesome. And I hope to provide that same vigor in today's pod. Uh, on that note, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Minnesota last night. You know, ah! <laughs> Have you <laughs> ever seen more frustrating basketball? Oh, man. We, Sorry we're... for everyone wearing a headset, but that is my guttural angst. And I must have made that yell 30 times last night watching that game. That was the I... dumbest exhibition of basketball I've ever seen in the history of me watching the NBA. Gene Shue rolling over in his grave. Twice the Grizzlies come back from 20 or more down in the first and the second half. But the atrocity of the Grizzlies going on a 21 to nothing run and Chris Finch refuses to call a timeout. 21 to nothing in rec league you'd call a timeout you'd fake an ankle injury here's my only explanation for it he doesn't have any after timeout plays (laughs) (laughs) why else 
would you not stop the bleeding? You've already seen Memphis come back in the same game from this deficit. You should be concerned. Okay, sorry. That's all right. No, I appreciate it. You you said more than really. (laughs) I think you you had enough energy for the both of us, I think. (laughs) Uh, it's a, it's so an early, angry. it's an early morning for me. The weather is terrible. Uh, I needed, I needed that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I man, wanted to haze Shanky, our founder and president, who's a Timberwolves oh. fan. I wanted him to drive from Madison to Minnesota and storm the court and call a timeout for his beloved Timberwolves. You know, given the amount of protesting going on during these Wolves games, I'm kind of surprised a protester could have stopped the run. Maybe, maybe that's what Finch a was female for. fan needs to glue herself <laughs> to Finch's clipboard and call a timeout. That's what, yeah, that's what Finch was waiting for. He's like, I don't like, need to yeah, use this right there. now. Why, someone's going to be, it? someone's coming down from the from the upper deck. Greenpeace, who's coming? Who's going to stop this game? Somebody. Yeah. Um, right. So things. I here's what I really want to point out about this game: the difference. Yeah. Everyone keeps saying, "Oh, these teams are both young; they're learning how to play the playoffs." These are not the same teams. And here's the difference. Minnesota's up 26, and they're jacking mediocre threes early in the shot clock, even though they're up 26 in the fourth quarter. Beasley, um, Russell, they're okay threes, but there's like 21 seconds on the shot clock when they hoist these threes, and they know they're cold. They've missed them left and right there. So, okay, not bleeding any clock. Fast forward to about three minutes left, two and a half minutes. Desmond Bain twice did this. Desmond Bain was on fire. He hit seven threes. Twice in the last, like, three and a half minutes, Bain caught the ball with the Grizzlies up five and had a wide-open three, but was smart enough to know we need to drain the clock. And he held it up. He got the ball to Morant. They worked it around, and they always made sure they didn't shoot till they were 18, 19 seconds into the shot clock. And Bain is just as young as all those Timberwolves, but not stupid, and he was shooting better. Well, a lot of that's coaching too, right? Because I think, yes. yeah, I <laughs> you you can like I, it's it's both people's fault. Like you can blame the young players for being getting really excited. Oh, we're up a ton at home. You know, the series yeah. is turning our direction. We're, yeah. we're just firing when we're open. But on the other hand, that is the perfect opportunity for a coach to call timeout yes. and say, hey, do not shoot the ball unless there's like nine seconds left on the shot clock. But to that point, so obviously Taylor Jenkins is 10 times the coach that Finch is for the Timberwolves. That's no-brainer, and Jenkins deserves Coach of the Year consideration. I think – is he a finalist? Have they announced those finalists? I didn't see that. But. Uh, I don't even know if they did. But, but he, he, should he should be. Um, both times Bain held it, though, he was on the opposite side of the bench, meaning I don't think he could have heard – Right. Maybe Jenkins was yelling, hold up, hold up. But on both plays, Bain was on the other side. Maybe he heard because the T-Wolves crowd was dying. They were literally, yeah. Have you ever seen fans more suicidal looking than that game? <laughs> so maybe he did hear him. But you're right. It was Jenkins, great coaching on a young team who's listened and acting out on the coaching. And then you have the T-Wolves who either are not being coached or ignoring the coaching. I kind of assume it's both. Uh, right. But my goodness, get the Timber. The Timberwolves should be disqualified from the playoffs just for last night's loss. Like they should say, oh, I'm sorry, this series is over. That was such an abomination. <laughs> we cannot torture fans with more of your play. 
Yeah, I mean, do you think can you come back from this mentally? No. You don't think no. so? Uh, well, and then and then did you see Cat's presser? I missed it actually. Appalled. I gotta go back. And I'll, kudos to Charles Barkley for giving Cat the guff he deserved. Go look at NBA on TNT on Instagram. Uh, I, I resaw it again this morning, and I'm like hitting the like button 48 times. I'm so angry. But Cat's presser. They're like, so, um, Mr. Towns, you had eight points, five rebounds, uh, four turnovers on five fouls. How do you bounce back from that? And he's like, next question. <laughs> you know, you were the number one pick. You're the face of the franchise. You're making max, max, max money. Be a man. And, you know, and, and admit the mistakes. He's had a terrible series. You want max money? You're the face of the franchise. That means you have to talk to the press. And then later they say, how do you, they ask him, how do you encourage your teammates to bounce back from this? He's like, I don't know. Go home, have some wine. What? <laughs> <laughs> like why really oh yeah, towns man i love towns like just in general like if love we're talking game. Big, big picture yes love his game i think he's fan he's a he's a great player at least in the regular season um it you, has make been a tough series playoffs, you make your hand 100 no i i agree you know? you, and just, okay i get the covid and he's surrounded by terrible teams but like when KG was buried with god awful Timberwolves teams, when he got to the playoffs, he made the most of it. Like he's like, holy smokes, I'm filing the playoffs. Had that awesome run to the finals, and then obviously was great for the Celtics. You look at Towns, and you're like, there isn't an ounce of KG in Carl Anthony Towns, not one. Yeah, ounce. I mean he has he's averaging 17 points a game in the series, which is not enough. And I know, I know that Edwards and Russell, like those guys, can score, but Russell is not scoring. Also, but uh, Towns, in addition to that, has twelve turnovers, yeah, and five assists. And 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 what's his total personal fouls? It's high because he's been in 13. foul trouble. Thirteen. Thirteen. This is what also. So, in addition to driving, going, yelling my brains out because Finch won't call a timeout. The other one is Towns keeps getting fouls outside of the key, right? Like. He and Clark are locking up arms, like, just inside the arc. Towns shouldn't even have his hands up outside the arc. Like, first of all, give Clark the three. Why are you – you have four fouls on you when he got in that stupid arm lock with Clark. You know, I want your fouls at the rim, disturbing right. dunk attempts or layups, rim protecting, doing your job as a center. Not – oh, I, I almost used some profanity. Not – I can't even come up with a non-profanity. Not wasting time <laughs> out in the arc. Every word was like, nope, can't say that, can't say that. Uh, right. Not wasting time fouling guys near the arc. You're a center. You're a center. Yeah, I. Um, it's like it's like someone's like, well, you got to play more physical towns, right? You got to play more physical. And he's like, but okay, I'll 25 feet yeah. out. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll arm bar. I'll get in a wrestling competition with Brandon Clark 25 feet from the basket. Oh, you're right. That's what I should right. do. More physical is John Morant comes on one of those drives. Like, you know he is. He never pulls up for the jumper. He's always – and you hammer him. You give him a hard, classic 90s playoff foul, right? You give him the Rick Mahorn. Yeah. For those who are in their 50s. <laughs> they appreciate yeah, their, the Bill Lambeer. You know, you get – you know. 
Two hands up, but the body's in. You make sure you get your money's worth on the foul. Morant hits the floor. A little shoving, but it's a good foul. Like, you didn't give up the dunk. Yeah, or you crash the offensive glass harder. Like, there are other ways to affect the game when you're that tall, right? You yeah. Can, yeah. yeah. I, if, if Towns is going to foul out, and Horf, like Horford got into foul trouble with the Celtics, I want all those fouls in the key. Right. There's no reason to be following ball, ball handlers at the top of the key. I want him in near the bucket. If you are, if you're the Timberwolves, you're 99% probably going to lose this series at this point. Uh, you, you probably can't come back. Uh, it's uh, who knows at this point. It, like, what is your takeaway from this? Just that, like, thank God we have Anthony Edwards. Like, Anthony Edwards is the real deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, um, in addition to the anger I have at Towns and to Finch, D'Angelo Russell, at this point in his career, is supposed to be a veteran point guard. And I'm not saying he's Chris Paul, right? But a veteran point guard realizes, my goodness, we're just jacking up horrible shots early in the shot clock. And he's supposed to slow things down. And say, you know, we're running this play, assuming the Timberwolves have plays, which I'm not convinced they do, <laughs> right? But you'd say, wait, no, we're still up 18. The momentum's shifting. I want a nice slow play here that we're going to run. Here's an idea, a play where you get Carl Anthony Towns on the block because the Grizzlies aren't playing Steven Adams, right? Like, oh, maybe that would, you know, we get our all-star in an inside position, but we also eat 21 seconds and we get a layup, you know, instead of jacking right. a three. I forget what atrocious they shot like 13% in the fourth quarter. This is what killed me too. I, I saw it. The last 13 minutes of the game, the Grizzlies won 42 to 12. <laughs> 13 minutes. How do you score 42 points in 13 minutes? That's crazy. Oh. I uh, I agree with you on the Russell point. I think that's really good and probably probably go under the radar a little bit about how, like that is that is has to be someone's job on the floor also. And Russell, he's 26 at this point. He's been in the league for like eight years, I think, right? right. It probably since you think, he's 18 or 19. You think Drew Holiday would have been pushing the tempo every play when they were up 26? No, the Bucks no. are smart enough. No, it's I not just know. Chris Paul. Like, Chris Paul would have done it on the second play. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, but like, I'd say 20% of the veteran guards in this league know that it's my job to control the pace, and he didn't try at all whatsoever. Russell having a pretty rough series in terms of shooting the ball. He's been fine passing, but 33% from the field uh, for him is is pretty bad. Um, I mean, on the Grizzly side, I feel like we're not getting anything too surprising other than Steven Adams completely just falling off the face Zero. of the series. <laughs> yeah, which is weird. He had a nice bounce back regular season for Steven Adams, you know, not. Yeah. I, but if Towns, you know, I think we don't think it is, though. Towns doesn't want to play center. He wants to be a shooting guard. So you don't need Adams in there. No, you don't want Adams guarding on the perimeter either. I'm just a little surprised they they didn't like stick him on Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, that sort of a yeah. thing. But hey, yeah. I, if you can if you can just save Adams for the next series, do it. I guess. Like I guess, it, yeah. Though the next series, we're looking at. You know, we're already uh, assuming. Um, they're going to, you know, they're probably facing Golden State, right? So I don't know what role Adams has against Golden State. Um, But I'll say this, Rotowire favorite, Brandon Clark, finally playing, at least last night. 
like Rotowire has always wanted to see out of him. My goodness, he was a jack in the box. His he's got bionic knees. Like when I watch Clark, yeah. I always think that's what I used to be like when I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> Just the jumping and the jumping and the more jumping. I just think like I my knees hurt watching Clark jump last night. He is he is quick off his feet. Oh, like I jumps ex- extremely high. Um la- I guess last thing, Morant's Morant's been awesome. Not even like amazing, you know. Uh 42% from the field, 33% from three, but he has 34 free throw attempts. That's on par. Yeah. Um I thought Jaron Jim- Jackson struggling okay. in the series a little yeah. bit, eleven yeah. points. Uh, but 10 blocks and three yeah. steals. So key steals and blocks last night. I, I thought Jim Jackson's point though, about Morant was spot on where he's got to, he can't keep crashing to the floor on every play. He needs to learn the teardrop. He needs the Rajon Rondo teardrop so that on a fraction of those drives, he's not just getting slammed to the floor. He, how many times last night did he hit the floor? It seemed like it was like a dozen, at least when you're, he's always like on his back, Throw the hands sideways, like I got fouled, and that grimace, like ah, this floor is hard. Ouch! Ah, he has he has a pretty good like floater from, but he busted out from like eleven feet. Yeah, it's it's like he doesn't have like a like a six. He needs like, a six six foot little little teardrop. The the problem is, I think we're so disconnected from reality because when John Morant's seven feet from the basket, he's like, I'm just gonna dunk this. Right. <laughs> I mean, he had a, look. I'm not complaining about Ja. Triple double last night. Yeah. You know, but yeah, five of 18 was not great from the field. But, you know, I think there's every NBA team would absolutely love to have John Morant on their squad. Uh, uh, I just feel for the guy. Like, I just want the guy to stay healthy. <laughs> it seems like an injury waiting to happen. Let's uh, let's move on to the Jazz Mavericks series. Oh, boy. Oh. Uh, I don't know. How, I mean, to me, this is a shocker. I, I listen. I know people are down on the Jazz, uh, but without Luca, I, <laughs> I had the Jazz in six without Luca. Right. You know, like it's crazy, and they don't have any injury woes in Utah. This is the lineup they've had for three years. You know, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> you got the lineup. You got the lineup you've had and coach that you've had, yeah, for almost half a decade. And then <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson, coached by Jason Kidd, are just shredding you. You know what I can't uh, believe, I have to say? And we did it numerous times of the Friday pod. Magic Johnson called this. <laughs> he did. He, did. <laughs> he said, oh, Dimwitty Bertans, Dallas is going to make a run. And I'm always like, oh, my God. And we laughed at him. I mocked him. Dimwitty but Bertans, 15 points last night, four threes. But Dimwitty's the real acquisition. Well, Dinwiddie dunked on Gobert last night, which I I almost fell out of my I almost fell off my couch. <laughs> Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie was Dinwiddie was shooting like twenty eight percent from the field and had like no knees for the Wizards. Yeah, like yeah. three months ago, and now he's yeah. dunking on Rudy Gobert. I didn't even know Spencer Dinwiddie could dunk anymore. All right, I know you you know his coaching better than I do. I think we have to give Jason Kidd some kudos, don't we? I of course. mean, I thought he was terrible with the Bucks, right? But and when, when the Mavs signed him, I just shook my head like, oh, that's just giving the, the former team star a job he doesn't deserve. But he's coached great. No, he's he is definitely one of the best coaches in the league right now. I think I I think when he was with the Bucs, he was good the first year. He brought them up, uh, helped them, you know, go from like a basement team to a 500 team. And then 
he basically installed an offense that was a lot of like 14 footers and then mm-hmm. installed a defense where you give up corner threes on every possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone was like, you are literally running the worst of both worlds. <laughs> like, but he's he's honed his craft. I mean, he has he has multiple. Yeah, he he was on the Lakers for a bit. You know, he he's he saw what a championship team looked like. I think he refocused, um, got with a team and players who would listen to him. Yeah, and um, and I know there's been some weird head office transition in the Mavericks but I think whoever's in charge of analytics now has kids ear where I'm not sure Carlisle always wanted to pay attention to right to the analytics dork telling him what to do but uh my goodness Kleber six of seven four threes last night Bertans four threes shouldn't the the jazz whole offense is predicated on hitting threes you'd think defensively they'd know hey we should probably you know guard the corner threes and they were not they I mean <laughs> They don't know. They don't. They can't guard the corner three for some reason. I think it's because they don't. They don't want to bring Gobert out at all, and then it just leaves the rest of the defense. It leaves the perimeter guys scrambling. Yeah. Um. But it should never be like one pass. And that's what happens a lot. It'll be like Dinwiddie drives one pass to Kleber in the corner for an open three. I'm like yeah. one pass. Right. 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 The, yeah. Good. The 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 first sign of a good defense is you at least make them make multiple passes. That's right. That's defensive goal number one. Because with every pass, there's a chance for a turnover. There's a ch- yeah, you're right. Just the mo- the the number of times we're just like Brunson to Kleber for three. You're like what? <laughs> I, I can see that coming. How does how does the jet how does Snyder not see this coming? I mean, O'Neal's out there for nothing but defense. Could you guard one of these corner threes, please? You didn't take any field goal attempts. You're on the court for 32 minutes. Can you play some defense? Uh, it's it's bad. I so I think. The main things here are that you have you have the the Mavericks have shot 121 threes compared to Utah's 79. Okay, so that's a huge differential. And most of these Mavericks threes are like they're open. Yeah. Um and at the yeah. same time you also have a huge turnover differential. You have yeah. the Mavericks with 18 turnovers total. In three games, which is incredible, True. Um, True. compared to Utah's 38. Yeah. So, Only nine TOs last night, which was impressive. Right. So it doesn't even matter. And the free throws are basically even. So it's not even mattering that, like, Utah is, get, uh, Utah, Utah is doing amazing on the glass. You know, Utah's got 135 rebounds to the Mavericks' 97. So they're out. the The Jazz are out out rebounding the Mavericks by ten every game. Right, and it doesn't and losing right. does not matter. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it makes you think. Boy, Rudy Gobert is playing about fifteen years too late in the NBA. Like he really needs to be in the two thousands nineties when centers were centers. Though you were expected to score more on the block than Gobert is well, expected to, and he can't. Yeah, he I can't know, yeah. score on the block. He doesn't have a post move. He he's averaging nine points a game in this series against Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba <laughs> and Bertans. Every year we say the Mavs need to get better centers. They don't, and then they dominate a guy who considers himself a premier center in the NBA. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. So let me ask you this. Let's assume. I think. All right. First of all. You're in charge of all NBA injuries for Rotowire, Alex. What's your feel on whether Luke is coming back for game four or not? 
it seems like there's a good chance. Uh, yesterday, there was some weird kind of back and forth. So, it, we, first of all, he was like, Luca's questionable. Okay, cool. And then it was Luca after shoot around is like, I feel, he's like, I feel great. And then, so we're like, oh, okay, he's feeling great. And then, like, a half hour later, you know, Woj tweets out or whoever else tweets out. He's like, there's pessimism surrounding his return. I'm like, well, okay, so he's questionable. He feels great. The team is doubtful. Yeah. 75% and 50% or 25%. That averages out to 50%. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think there's a strong chance he'll be back. Although, if I were you, if I were Dallas. You're going to get greedy and, and try to. I don't know. They might get it? greedy. They might think like we have the we have the mental edge at this point. Like we have the mental edge, we have the the uh, the game plan edge. I maybe they'll bring them back and have them play like ten minutes, uh, 10, 15 minutes, ease them in. But there, I think there's a pretty strong chance he comes back for the next game. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, how about this? They never do this in the NBA. You you dress them. You bench him the whole first half, but you give him some second half minutes just to freak out Utah if you need a, a boost of energy. I mean, they got to be happy to steal one in Utah at this point. Oh, my God. Yeah. House money, you know. But, uh, yeah, well, all right. We'll see if he comes back. I assume. All right. Here's the dilemma, though, for Utah, right? Let's assume they lose this series. How do you – I mean, the, the, the trade market for Rudy Gobert is not going to be out there, you know, like – Everyone's like, I mean, maybe do you deal him to a lottery team? I'm trying to pull up his contract. Five yeah, years, I mean, if you're million, you know, like if you're the Charlotte Hornets, are you like, yeah, uh, Rudy Gobert for, for sure? I I don't know who you trade to get Rudy Gobert because if you're the Charlotte Hornets, you're also not going to be like, I mean, we're not giving up Miles Bridges for him. Right. Well, they don't uh, want Gordon Hayward. Well, they, maybe maybe Utah would take Gordon Hayward. Uh, yeah. Here's Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. I don't know, right. man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That, I, I don't know what the market is. I, I think you're right. It's probably one of those like middle of the pack teams that just needs like they just need something. Yeah. Well, um, I just look at Gobert's contract. I love this kicker for the 25, 26 season. Gobert has a player option for 47 million. <laughs> I like to think. He's already said, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm exercising that option. Like, whatever paperwork I have to sign, just get that in now, please. Trigger. Send, send him to the Wizards, do it Twin Towers with Gobert and Porzingis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd want Porzingis, wouldn't they? I bet they'd take Porzingis. Would you do that if you're Utah? It's kind of wishful thinking. Uh, maybe. They might. Yeah. Um, Porzingis might actually have a better contract than Gobert. He might. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're Utah, this is, this is tough. The core, the coaching, it's just, it's kind of all falling apart right now. And the thing is like, they're actually getting good. Like Jordan Clarkson is playing well. Bogdanovich is playing out of his mind. Um, Mitchell has got a 38% usage rate. He's, he's scoring like 33 points a game on like decent efficiency. Not amazing. And then you have the part of the problem here is you have Mike Conley. Looking very old. Looking and very Nick and I old. talked about this podcast. Uh, which shows pod. up more on defense. That shows up more on defense to the point about yeah. giving up too many threes to Dallas. He's because he's 110 years old. Spencer Dinwiddie's just blowing past him like he's not even there. <laughs> I looked it up. Spencer Dinwiddie, by the way, that was his fourth dunk of the year. <laughs> he's like, you know what? Going up on Gobert. I'm going right. to do it. <laughs> Take this stifle tower. 
Uh, yeah, and Conley, in addition to shooting, you know, 36% for the field, 25% from three, uh, also has eight turnovers to his 12 assists. Ugh. So he's just not not doing anything out there. And, and another contract they get nothing for. They're not, you know, they can't I know. They, do. they got him two years too late. Yeah. Um, let's, 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 let's transition then. Let's use yeah. that to transition because I am getting excited about the Mavs Warriors uh, lineup in round two. Maybe I'm jumping the gun here. But Warriors, yeah, big 118-113 win over Nuggets. Anything surprising here, Alex? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I, I I watched I, – I think I watched the first two games of this series about as closely as, as any of the games in the playoffs. So I like Jokic. I'm interested in the Warriors. Uh, the first two games, War, uh, Nuggets looked completely lost on defense. I don't know if they had a scheme. I like. I just could not figure out. Like, the Warriors are amazing. They're one of the best teams of the you know yep. uh, ever. Like yep. this general construction, right? Yeah. But the Nuggets just so lost on defense. The offense is terrible. They don't have anybody to do anything. The Ooh. hope was that maybe they can get one at home here. They couldn't. Uh, Curry scores 27 on 17 shots. Poole scores 27 on 13 shots. Thompson yeah. goes 26 on 18. They just can't guard the most important players. No, on. and Poole was on fire right away. Like, yeah. first three possessions, Poole already had five or six points. Like, you were right away like, oh, they have no one that can guard Jordan Poole. That's interesting. Um, two, two points I want to make out. Uh, one we mentioned, uh, Alex. How many playoff teams did Jeff Green start for? <laughs> one. The Nuggets, it's... like, he's a thousand years old. I Look, hey, kudos to Uncle Greeny for lasting as long as he had and getting that paycheck. But my goodness, the Nuggets, now look, I know the terrible injury woes, but uh, starting Jeff Green, that's just atrocious. And then they're... two. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was I was just going to say, their lineup is bad. I, I, If I had more time, you could put, you could put together like a, worst players who could start for the for the nuggets thing or like a who's the yeah. the worst starter on another team that would be the the the, the nuggets second best player stuff yeah, like that. they're just terrible and terrible outside of Jokic. aaron gordon fine he's wildly overpaid but at least he's a legitimate nba starter but other than that it's atrocious we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's the other, here's the other point on it. If I coach anywhere in the NBA, I am always going to have in my pocket video footage of Steph Curry agreeing to come off the bench. And I'm going to use that the next 10 years to every superstar. You tell them, you know, look, Jordan Poole's on fire. Curry And Curry's still coming off injury. Obviously, he's playing 31 minutes. He's still a starter. But forget the, you know, we don't need to make the menu Ginobili examples anymore when a star should come off the bench. We got Steph Curry in a playoff game letting, what, third-year guy Jordan Poole start instead of him knowing it's best for the team. I show that video clip to every superstar I have and say, look, Warriors, they win. This is what winning basketball looks like. You do it. I think, uh, I mean, Kevin Looney is starting over Steph Curry. Right <laughs> I, I, I don't, and how funny is that strategy? We all know it's like, all right, Looney, you go in there, you get three fouls, then we never see you again. <laughs> we just banish you. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe the Mavs do the same thing with Luka. I, I don't even, I don't even have a lot to say on this series. It's kind of sad to watch, honestly. Yeah. It's just. This series and Utah and the atrocity of the Timberwolves really goes to show how much better the East is this year than the West. I don't want any more of this malarkey about the West superior that, you know, we had to eat for what Eastern fans had to eat five, 10 years ago. It was all true, but this year it's all the East. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know. I, the Nuggets are bad, and the Warriors are very, very good. And it's hard to say, like, who is making who look better or worse, right? Like, are the Nuggets so bad they're making the Warriors look amazing? Or are the Ma- Warriors so amazing they're looking making the Nuggets look way worse than they actually are? Could be a <laughs> well, little bit of both. A healthy Draymond Green goes a long way, too. It does. Which we didn't see a lot of the season. Boy, his defense on Jokic and others was pretty spectacular last night. It was. Um, let's, let's move on to a series that I, <laughs> I mostly brought you onto the podcast to talk. I want to <laughs> let you, I'm giving you the runway. I'm giving you the runway. Oh, I, I'm so many awesome thoughts. I really wish we, if we had gone video, I would have handcrafted my own defensive player of the year robe to wear, mm. uh, a la Marcus smart, the Celtics defense on these star, this star scrub nets lineup is so delicious. Oh, it's I can't, <laughs> I can't. Oh, it's glorious. The the switching, the team basketball, all five guys on the switch rotation, and they're all doing it great. And then the genius of Brad Stevens knowing, okay, we've been lucky with the Time Lord to be healthy this year, but we better bring back Daniel Tice because who knows if Time Lord's going to stay healthy. And then 
as Stevens predicts, Williams goes down as he does every year. And Tice, look, I don't do I want Tice starting through the rest of the playoffs? No, not at all. But just get us to when Time Lord's healthy again. My goodness, the Celtics, this whole second half, cannot believe what a massive turnaround. I mean, finally they learned Udoka's system. The switching defense is so glorious. And what I love too is it irritates a team that has no cohesion. And this Nets team. And Kyrie said this game two presser, this Nets team has no cohesion. They've never played together. They're stars and scrubs. Drummond's already said, I know I'm on a different team next year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they, they they won't pay him. Uh, poor Nick Claxton. They, they, they jerk him around minutes every game. So you see a, a Celtics team that loves, you know, frankly, loves playing with each other. They've learned this awesome team s- system. And then you see this Nets team that stars and scrubs. Uh, Kyrie only played how many games Kyrie this season with the Nets? I don't know, 15? something. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know. You know, so they haven't played together. Curry probably wishes he was still on Philly. He's probably pissed at his father-in-law for trading him, right? Drummond knows he's leaving. I don't know how much this team cares or even likes each other. Harden bailing, yeah, classic weak James Harden. But there obviously had to be something to his complaints. And then, oh, we're supposed to get excited about Ben Simmons coming back in the fourth game? Please. How? Oh. Oh. If you're Bruce Brown and you have to sit because of Simmons, aren't you pissed? Like, F you. I've been working my ass off for this Nets team that, frankly, has a lot of jerks on it. And you're going to sit me down for Simmons? Yeah, I'm kind of wondering who it'll end up being. Maybe it's maybe it's Drummond. I think the, I think they'll pull like minutes from Drummond and Claxton and Patty Mills. But yeah, I um, Bruce Brown feels like this weird. He's like this weird remnant of a guy. Like Bruce Brown should be on like the Grizzlies or something. <laughs> yeah, like he, he Ooh, just yeah. shouldn't be on this team. Like it feels wrong for that guy to be on this team. Former Piston, by the way, could be on the the Pistons right, right now for Shannon hooking up. No, no, I'm a little, I'm a little torn on that. Yes, he'd be a great Grizzly, but he's really he's he's like a smaller Kurt Rambis, where all his points are garbage or when he's not guarded, you know. And yeah, they need a guy who can, they do. I don't know, do dirty work. Like you know, Kyrie and KD aren't doing dirty work. Everyone, That's yeah, right, <laughs> right, exactly. They need a dirty work guy. By the way, game ones, I know this is all seems like ancient history. Everyone is talking about like, oh, Tatum caught that pass from Smart. 360, Kyrie's defense was terrible. You know his defense was terrible? Was Durant, who's supposed to be guarding Tatum, and is just standing at the top of the key watching the whole play go down. I want my seven-footer in the key, not my point guard, stopping Tatum on that drive. Yeah. Some other some other keys from the series. Boston, unsurprisingly, doing better on the glass. Twenty one offensive rebounds compared to Nets seven offensive rebounds, four of which are from Kyrie Irving. Uh, we also have so Durant. Durant just can't get going in this series. I mean, I think that's that's a huge key right now. Um, he, had, he had no field goals in the second half of Game Two, right? And I question, right, no, went the whole second half without a field goal. He did shoot 20 free throws, I think. But I think he feels the burden to be the superstar and get it done. And or I don't think he trusts his teammates at all. I think maybe he trusts Kyrie, but Kyrie's not great at working without the ball. And so I think there's a mix of 
You have the scrubs who've been trained to just stand around and watch KD. You've got the Celtics playing great team defense and doubling Durant. And you've got Kyrie who's not great without the ball. And I'm not sure, frankly, is 100% invested himself in this series. Right. And you have Durant. Durant's got 50 points on 41 shots. So that's mm-hmm. 32% for the field, 29% from three. And it's 12 turnovers to his eight assists. I mean, he's just not playing well. Yeah. The problem but, is you don't have you don't there's no release valve other than Kyrie. Right. 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 That that's the perfect phrase, Alex. You're right. There's no release valve. I will give KD credit for this. Unlike Kyle Carl Anthony Towns, in his post-game presser, he's like, Yeah, I'm not playing well. I gotta turn it around. I gotta fix it. Like he didn't run from it. You could see here's a guy used to playing playoff basketball versus Towns who doesn't know what he's doing. Um, but I do love the Celtics defense is a thing of beauty. It is, and I will use this as a jumping off point to say that I am not excited if the Bucks mm. win this current series yeah. to play the Boston Celtics, not uh, potentially without Chris Middleton. Well, that's the boy. That's the real kick in the pants. You had to hate it when Mitty is limping into the tunnel yeah. there at home. Oh boy! I mean, no. How many playoff teams can lose their second best player and just march on, right? No, and it just gave me flashbacks because I saw, like, yeah, I was working on Tuesday night, I think it was, when Devin Booker just kind of gingerly mm-hmm. walked off the court. Mm-hmm. And Middleton, he, they're like, well, hamstring. And then Middleton just gingerly walks off the court. And it's like, oh, my God. Well, um, here's what scares me, too. They're saying at least two weeks, meaning, yeah. ooh, this could well, be. Well, it's an MCL, MCL spring. It's Robert Williams sprained his MCL. Yeah, yeah, and that's four to six. That's four to six right. for Williams. Yeah. So, you know, I was like texting my buddies and I'm like, this is like two weeks minimum. And they're like, ah, is it? I'm like, yes, it is. Like it's probably it might be closer to a month. Yeah. Uh, so MCLs are not rub some dirt on it and get out there. <laughs> yeah. It's like a crucial <laughs> ligament in your knee. Um, yeah. yeah. So so I do want to ask you for DFS players. Hmm. Without Middleton, you giving Holiday the boost? Who's, who's getting? Getting the shots there it can't be a hundred year old Wesley Matthews. Um, I mean, it's gonna be some uh, part of it's like if you're Mike Budenholzer, who do you trust, right? Right, and um, they've you played small pe- or you go Portis. You know, he doesn't like playing Portis and Lopez together. This might just be more Grayson Allen and more Pat Connaughton because that's the reality of the Bucks roster. Yeah, um, it's just they don't have. It's gonna be just yeah. It's gonna be more holiday, more um, more Giannis. I get maybe they tried Lopez more in the post. I uh, you don't have a lot of other options when Middleton goes down because your offense turns even more. It turns even more mechanical. It's like oh, we got these shooters around and we're gonna drive and we're gonna kick. Um, and I thought they did some interesting. Uh, they got a little better last game with, you know. <laughs> It was shocking to see. Obviously, Lopez stands out at the three-point line all the time. Yeah, Giannis drives in. Obviously, he's looking to kick out. When Giannis drives in, suddenly, out of nowhere, like, like a mountain that's moving, Brooke Lopez charges in from the three-point line on a cut. He cut from the wing three-point line towards the rim. Giannis with a dump-off pass. Lopez catches it, makes a bucket. I think we're going to see more of that because that was... Well, he, he does seem healthy. You know, I didn't expect him... He is. 
Yeah. I didn't, you know, I thought he would be slower, more mechanical coming back from that knee injury. That Was it knee for Lopez or back? I forget. Back, back surgery. Back, yeah. So I, I just assumed, okay, he's back, but he can't be 100%. But he actually looks pretty good. Yeah. I think they're going to need more. They'd be a little more creative. So this is this is my main problem. This is my overall, this is my overarching point for the Bucks right now who are tied 1-1 in the series and have the worst half-court offense in the NBA. Or in the playoffs, the worst yeah. half court offense yeah. in the playoffs. Back, that's that's a that's a real stat. They're too yeah. predictable. Everyone yeah. knows exactly what the Bucks are going to do. Everyone knows what Giannis is going to do. The fact that Lopez cutting to the basket was—I I don't even know if I've seen that before. The fact that I was shocked when that happened means that the Bucks are way too predictable. Yeah, um, was Buden, You think Budenhouse was like, "Wait a minute, that's not in the playbook. You're not supposed to do that." <laughs> I I doubt that that was he. I doubt anyone told him to do that. I think he was taking it upon himself because Lopez has been very Lopez has been the Bucks' second best player by far in this series. Yeah. Well, um, here's what else scares me about your Bucks, and you pointed this out in the notes, and I I didn't have the exact figure, but I knew it was a problem. Giannis has kind of reverted to his bad free throwing ways. Yeah. Under 60% uh, Giannis from the free throw line. That's not good. 59% to be specific. So he's 17 for 29. And you'd like more than 29 free throws out of Giannis, honestly. Um, Well, I think you're going to see that now that Middleton's not available, right? More of the load falls to him. But if you're only going to hit just over half of your free throws, if I'm the Bulls, I'm sending every bit. I'm going the old school Bulls. Three-headed monster foul, you know, foul Giannis every time he's in the key. Right, and they've been fine swarming him, too, because the Bucs just are not hitting their threes. Like, the the kind of rundown I made in the notes is you have Giannis under 60% from the free throw line, so they're not scared to follow him. Yeah. Uh, Congaton's two for 12 from three. We're going to see more of him, obviously. You can't keep Vucevic off the glass. He's got 12 offensive rebounds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bucs have the turnover differentials 36 to 23. Bucks turning the ball over like crazy. Uh, Caruso is playing amazing defense on everybody. Uh, Bulls are shooting only 41% from the field and 31% from three in these two games. The Bucks still can't pull away in these games. You have Drew Holiday is playing bad. Drew Holiday, 30 points. He's got more shots than points, 30 points on 32 shots, and has 10 turnovers to his 12 assists. Um, I mean, how is yeah. – I, I hate to say it. Why isn't Drew Holiday dominating – just dominating Caruso. Caruso's, actually, Caruso's good. Caruso's, Caruso's good having an amazing series. And the TV guys are gaga about him. And, you know, but my goodness, he's like legit. He is. He is <laughs> extremely legit. Yeah. You kind of wonder like, why, why are the Lakers so bad this year? Well, I, yeah, it's not just Caruso, right? Not, I don't right. want to make it that simple, but he is actually, he's very good. Does a very good job on Giannis. Tries his ass off. Good passer. Yeah. All that stuff. Right. He's a great player to have when you have multiple other scoring options. Now, when you have Caruso and Williams on the court, that gets a little too much not scoring for the Bulls. But, boy, Caruso is playing just amazing defense. And, like, I mean, you put in the notes, it's true. I mean, talk about Holiday's assist-to-turnover ratio. Yeah, 12 assists, 10 turnovers. That just can't be the case. Like I said, it's it's the turnover differential in the game. The Bucs can't force any turnovers. That's the one thing bad they they did all season. The, the Bucs the Bucks have a very – the Bucs are a very rigid team. 
They play this specific way on offense, and they play a specific way on defense. And the way they play on defense is, we're going to play it safe. We're playing conservative. We're bringing Lopez. Lopez is going to protect the rim. We're not getting in the passing lanes. So they they do not force turnovers ever. They never force turnovers because they're not in the passing lanes. They're just hoping for a block shot or a miss to get the rebound. This is partially why the Giannis is such a dominant rebounder is because the other team always gets a shot off. Always. Yeah. They just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. All um, right. So you're saying it's going to be Allen, not Portis, starting game three. If maybe Connaughton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I don't know, man. It's tough. So I'm, I am already mentally prepared for the Bucks to lose to the Celtics in round two. <laughs> well, I hate to say it, but I don't think it's a slam dunk they get by Chicago. No, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. I mean, I... And I don't mean there's a slight to the Bucks. Any no, team losing I, their second best player struggles in the playoffs. You take Jalen Brown off the Celtics, I'm terrified about Boston. You know, like, it's right. just, and just, it is what it is. Um, and this is this has already been reflected. I took a quick look at the finals MVP odds. Tatum's are number two right now in finals MVP odds. <laughs> plus 600. Minus or behind Steph Curry, who's plus 400. Um, yeah, so that, that kind of tells you what's going on in the East right now. Let's, let's flip through a few of these last games quickly because some of these series, uh, are over. Yeah. Let's, let's just touch on Philly very quickly because they're up, they're up three. Oh, wait, wait, no, before you get to Philly, I think you got to talk more about the Booker injury and where that's going. Oh, sure. I was going to, I was going to breeze through Philly and then get there, but we can do that first. Yeah. Booker. So the series is tied 1-1 between the Suns and the Pelicans. Uh, Pelicans had a great game last time out. Booker out two to three weeks with a hamstring strain. Oh. So, um, yeah, that's tough. So he's been out for this entire series and is going to be affected in round two. Uh, potentially, when they end up playing what looks like is going to be a fully healthy Luka Doncic and this Mavericks right. team, which is on fire. Yeah. Um, so, again, get um, Look, Dallas, legitimate shot. And making the Western Conference Finals, which I yeah. am shocked by, but Magic knew. Magic knew. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think with Booker out, could the could the Pelicans pull an upset? Sure, why not? I, I mean, they. Ah, eh, they're not gonna. No, the Suns are gonna take care of that. Come on, the, the Suns played solid ball. Was it a whole month they were without Booker? Like, it's not. I don't think they go into panic mode. They were without Chris Paul. Sorry, when, no, when Booker was, but wait, Booker was hurt for, when was Booker, Booker out? Booker was hurt for a while. But that was, that was right. early in the season, and I think that was, I mean, he missed six, seven games in December, but that was also okay, during the point in the year. Stretch. Yeah, I bad. did too. But that was also the point in the year where every team was dealing with coronavirus protocols. Like, it's like, who are you even right. going up against? Um, right. Book, Booker's missed 14 games this season. I'm not sure exactly when that occurred. Um here, here's I, what uh, Pelicans Pelicans that the line is up for the next game, which is tonight tonight. So Pelicans at home plus 1.5. So plus one and a half. So they're not favored, but you know, it's, it's close. And I think they have, I mean, listen, they have talent on the team, right? They have yeah. Ingram. Ingram played amazing last game and CJ McCollum obviously good is thriving in this point guard role. And then you have Valanciunas dominating the glass, giving Aiton some problems. 
Um, you know, Aiton's not going to be able to bully him. Um, I, I'm not going to call the upset. Okay. But I think it's going to get close. I don't. I don't think the Suns are going to like dominate from here on out. I think we're going to see Cam Johnson shine, though. I think we're going to see Mikael Bridges get a few more shots from the behind the arc. I have. I have confidence. This Phoenix team has continued to dominate um, throughout the different injuries they've had this year. Chris Ball is still going to know how to manage that game properly. He's going to be the opposite of D'Angelo Russell. So <laughs> I, I have. I have faith in the Suns. Kudos to the Pelicans, though, for certainly being a much more legit team than they they look like halfway into the season. Um, yeah. But I like the Suns here. I still think Suns in five or six, to be honest. Yeah, I got to do some more deep diving on you know their numbers without Paul, uh, Booker and stuff like that. And we'll learn a lot more after tonight's game. The so Pelican, I don't want to spend. Yeah, the Pelican bench. Ugh, just uh, no, thank you. Not great. They're getting good minutes out of Larry Nance. Um, yeah, you know. But yeah, Herb Jones not gonna do anything offensively. Yeah, I mean Devontae Graham is Jackson Hayes is a man. wild question mark night tonight. Literally positive and negative. Uh all right, but yeah, let's uh let's uh what, who, what we got left here. We got you know, you want to talk Philly. You want to talk the up three oh, even though everyone was picking the Raptors up three oh, seventy sixers. Didn't see me picking the Raptors. Um, I <laughs> oh, here, <laughs> I uh, I didn't really pick anybody. I uh, I just wanted to touch on this because the series is basically over. So we're doing like a you know we're just get, we'll get through it. We'll let her catch everyone up. Main the main headline here, I think, is Tyrese Maxey. Yes. Um, the man is out of control. Twenty six point seven points in these three games on 60-47-100 shooting. Just on a heater. Insane. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, they're, they're just some quick points here. Toronto, without Barnes, just can't – they just can't hang. Series was over the second Barnes got hurt, in my opinion. Uh, you have to – because partially because also Tobias Harris learned how to shoot a basketball. 19 points <laughs> and great efficiency. James I'm Harden. I'm also not – I'm not convinced Freddie Van Vliet's fully healthy either. No, he's dealing with a knee injury yeah. uh, late in the year. I think that was kind of also being under-discussed. Um, you know, Harden not having to be the clear number one option. Turns out he can keep the turnovers down when he can be a lot lot more selective. So he's 30 assists (laughs) to his nine turnovers. Um, you have Siakam and Van Vliet combining for 106 points on 102 shots. That's terrible. Uh, and then the free throw differential, which everyone knew this was going to be the case. This, this shot is comes as a shock to nobody. Uh, Philly has 84 free throws. Toronto has 53 free throws. Yeah. So um, I'll give this Raptors, t- Raptors team credit, though. There's no way that game three is supposed to go to overtime. I mean, no. 76 should be dominating. And without Barnes and with other injuries in the lineup, they still hung tight. I, you know, I, that to me was a red flag for the Sixers uh, moving forward. But, you, you know, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Your point about Tyrese Maxey, oh my goodness. And you when that trade went down, Hardens for Simmons, I don't think there was a soul in the NBA universe who said, boy, this is really going to open up things for Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> but that's exactly what happened, right? Yeah. Like his before and after stats on that Harden trade are amazing. We we didn't know if it'd be Maxey or Shake Milton, you know, two weeks into the NBA season as their starting right. point guard. Yeah, Maxey... Watching Maxi, he is so fast. 
like <laughs> it's funny now watching Harden do his thing because Harden, you know, Harden likes to yo-yo a little. He likes to he likes to just kind of hang out, try to. He's, he's like a he's like one of those boxers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's like what I don't know if it's boxing or like some martial arts where you act drunk a little no, bit. I was thinking bad dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like, yeah, some drunk dancing and you just kind of stumble. He like stumbles out the door. He like, that's how right. he gets to the rim. Well, Maxi is like, get it and go. Like it's all yeah. the size of he's so, yes. you just yes. can't stand in front of him. The the first step is insane for Maxi at his age. You'd sort of expect that. I feel like everything I didn't like about Maxi pre-Harden is what made him perfect for post-Harden. Meaning, I was criticizing Maxi as a starting point guard because his per 36-minute assists were terrible. They were, like, under five. And, like, I can't be your starting. But Harden plays that role now. And now Maxi, yeah, Harden gets all this attention. They're tempted to double Harden. And Maxi, you know, they're like, look, don't overthink it, Tyrese. Get the ball, go. You know, like, no one's guarding you. Go to the basket. And he finishes. It's really impressive. The, the, the Maxi turnaround is awesome. The, the point I brought up with Whalen, uh, I think a really underrated part of Maxi's game is he does not turn the ball over. And you mentioned Ooh, like yeah. some of that was some of that was like you mentioned, he wasn't passing a lot either. But in this series, he has 80 points and six turnovers in yeah. three games, six turnovers against one of the better defenses, of the NBA and yeah. per 36 and a lot of this touches season, with a lot of touches. Per 36 this season, he's 1.2 turnovers. That's amazing. I, I literally was just looking that up. You got to that, that stat about two seconds before I did. That is insane. For your technic, technically your starting point guard, I think he's more of their starting shooting guard now, but still, you take you'd love that from your starting shooting guard too, you know? Absolutely. Um, all right, let's that series is, you know, it's 3 0. It's basically over. Let's move on to Heat Hawks, which seems it's like it might over. be over. Um <laughs> The Hawks were keeping it a little interesting at points. I mean, they're just so potent offensively, right? They're gonna they're gonna have their rallies, um, but, but they have to. Uh, no, Clint Capella. Yeah, is, you know yeah. they've got some youngsters in the key there, but they're not getting anywhere without Capella. And I I feel like did the Hawks the Hawks had this extra deep depth chart, and they failed to really turn that into like they should have dealt some of this potential for like no. This guy's our starting point guard, our shooting guard. Instead of, ah, we're gonna keep this amalgamate of red velvet, and you know, before it was cam reddish, they had all these maybes that they should have turned to some lottery team and said, we're gonna give you three maybes for a legit starting shooting guard, and they never did it, and now they're just in no man's land. Yeah, I mean, they have right, so they have Bogdanovich, who. Um... <laughs> Technically, if if you like the game score st- statistic, which I do, I think it does a good job of of telling you, you know, kind of who's playing well and who's not. Yeah. Bogdanovich has technically been their best player by game score, right? right. Um, because you have Trey Young with a very very poor uh, thirty three points on thirty two shots. He's got sixteen turnovers to eleven assists. They are stifling him. He has he has no. I mean, and a lot of this was. A lot of this was game one, right? Because he had a right. truly awful game one. But you'd but, also be, but with this lineup, you'd be moronic not to double Trey Young every play, right? Like, right, of course. Yeah, and it's just, you know, I, I don't know, man. They're bringing, you know, like you said, Capella's out. That matters. Um, John, they're bringing John Collins back. I think sooner than they hoped from injury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
it's just you get you give up 45 5 and 5 to Jimmy Butler with two steals, zero turnovers. Butler had like five dunks. Playoff Jimmy. Playoff Jimmy's back. Bubble bubble Jimmy. Bubble Jimmy. Uh so I I think the series is pretty much over. Again, the chances of the Hawks winning one cuz they get hot on offense, it's always there. It's always yeah. there. So, right. very similar to the Pelicans Hawks tonight are one and a half point dogs at home to the Heat. Um, so, you know, I'll say this though about, I mean, you're right. Trey young could always have a eight for 11, three point shooting night, but everyone on the heat plays defense. Like the heat, the heat and the Celtics are the two teams that I would say lowest chances of Trey young just going off. Cause they'll just say, they'll send three guys at young, right? Like we will stop you on defense. We will, we will not just trade buckets. There are too many teams in the NBA that are like, ah, we'll trade buckets. The, the the Heat are one of those teams like, oh, you have one guy scoring crazy? We're going to send four guys. Max yep. Struss is going to be your backpack. <laughs> you know, like, you know, they're not going to settle for Young just going nuts, though. No, they're not. Um, okay, so we pretty much wrapped up every series. So at this point, we kind of have a we have a decent picture of how we think some of these conference finals are going to end up. So in the East, Bucks is a little Bucks. Bulls is a little confusing. I don't want to completely write off the Nets, although I think the Celtics are like minus 360 to win that series. So as of right gotta now... Gotta steal one in Brooklyn. The Celtics gotta steal one in Brooklyn. You cannot give two Hall of Famers life. As of right now, I'm going to assume the conference semis... I assume I'm already almost penciling in Boston for the yeah, conference give me look, look, give me your Eastern Conference Finals. It's Boston and... Who another way of saying who do you like Miami Philly? I know that's hard for me because Philly looks so good. I know they were this is the Philly Toronto thing is a lot like I think the Golden State Denver thing, um, where it's just it got out of control very quickly. You know, when that when they made that Hargan trick, I said I liked it. I said I liked it a lot, and they could easily be in the finals. So yeah. I don't I'm gonna actually I'm gonna stick with that. So I think it is gonna be Philly Boston in the conference finals. Okay. As okay. much as I like the Heat and I respect the Heat, um, this this Philly talent stuff is is kind of getting out of control in terms of you got <laughs> Maxi and Harden yeah. and Embiid. Philly's more talented, but I I the team I just like the whole Heat team setup. We'll see. I mean, they're gosh, they're an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. But if if they get Bubble Jimmy, and Jimmy d- decides to use that chip on his shoulder, pissed off at the Sixer organization, bit of a revenge series for him. We'll see. We'll see. Bubble Jimmy. I Bubble so, Jimmy's fun, unless he's playing the Celtics. But Bubble Jimmy is fun. So you like Heat Celtics conference finals. I like Heat Celtics, which is chalk, I guess. But I don't know if this – I don't know if the Heat are going to be favored uh, over the Sixers. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And then in the West, West is kind of a bloodbath because of the injury situation. Right. Um, you, so, and then, you know, in the in the, the lower portion of the bracket, you have Memphis, presumably – going up against Golden State. I like Golden State in that series. Yeah. You know, I, I respect yeah. what Memphis is doing. What I'm seeing on Golden State's insane. Yeah, I, I was a little, before the playoffs started, I wonder if Jordan Poole could continue this run. You know, he's not exactly a playoff veteran. Now, maybe saying playing the Nuggets are not the playoffs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but certainly everyone else on this Warrior team is awfully well-tested. And the way Memphis, frankly, is still toying with the Timberwolves versus just cleaning them out is 
of concern. Um, gosh, I love Desmond Bain. I can't believe the Celtics just gave him to Memphis for nothing uh, in the oh. draft. But uh, but yeah, it's, I th- I think Warriors Dallas. That's my Western Finals. Warriors Mavericks. Warriors. So you you think the Booker injury, the Booker injury returned. combined, yeah, combined with how hot the Mavericks are. I think um, if you're Phoenix, your hope has to be, please let this Maverick series go seven. Yeah. Like, ple- yeah. like I just, we need to tire. Yeah. They need to be tired when they get here. We need as much time for Booker as possible. I, but I, it's tough, man. I, I kind of need to see how these games play out with Pelicans, but it could, could easily be Dallas Golden State. And then at that point, I'm picking Golden State. Um, Ooh, yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have I, to. I think so. Uh, and then, you know, between Boston and Miami or Philly, that's tough. But if they get Robert Williams back, they would be the favorite. They would, based on based on how well they were playing with Robert Williams, they would deserve to be the favorite in that series. So as of right now, Celtics Warriors. I think looks we just talked like ourselves the, into Celtics Warriors. Yeah. Celtics Warriors looks like the NBA Finals right now. If you want to, again, those are the guys who are leading the. Um, they're yeah. leading the MVP market uh, yeah. for batting. I, I don't want to just discard Memphis's perimeter defense, though. They, right? I mean, look no, at all the teams out west. They have the perimeter D that should at least frustrate the Warriors some. Yeah, Bain and Morant, Brooks out there at the arc. Um, you know, Milton even they have good perimeter defenders. I, so I, I do think Memphis takes the Warriors to seven, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, that wraps it up for us, Ken. I appreciate you hopping on with me. It was a little short notice, uh, but I figured at the very least you get off your, your Celtics, the Celtics thoughts <laughs> off your chest, but you actually, you had more impassioned thoughts about Minnesota, actually. That was basically, my Minnesota observation was my standard old man rant, just uh, right. longer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Th- thank you, Alex, for putting up with my various rants there, some of which were only mildly coherent. Uh, always a blast to be on the pod, and uh, thank you for having me. Of course. Actually, before we go, we got to get these ad reads in. I almost forgot oh. about our ad reads, so we're going to get okay. them in. Please stick them. Hey, if you're still listening to this, <laughs> we have some very important words to tell you. So, Such as our good friends at WinBet. WinBet is the exclusive sportsbook sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet, which is the win, W-Y-N-N bet, is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download the WinBet app now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive sportsbook partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. 
Thrive is back for another season of fantasy basketball, and they're running guaranteed contests every day this NBA season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month Rotowire subscription just in time for baseball season. Uh, You're a little late, but it will be great for DFS and uh, minor league coverage. We have great baseball coverage here. Here's how you can play WNBA. Yes. Uh, Play fantasy WNBA on ESPN. Yep. New this season. Uh, Shout out to Chris Benzine, who's doing an immense amount of work on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription through Thrive Fantasy. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Deposit a minimum of $10, and you'll receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Ken, I know you usually blow the whistle after this, but I'm going to do our normal outro so you, we, I, can, I can roll you. I can, it can be smooth. Thank okay. you, everybody, for joining us on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by WinBet. Ken, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.